We had to make a decision and we still use this phrase all the time. And it was instead of looking at this as in, what is this taking away from us? We made a decision to say, okay, what has this come to bring us? And that revolutionized our ability to weather that link, that arduous of a, of a deployment. And um, so, yeah, it, it, a lot of it is, is mindset. I was not assigned in that space, but because the calling on my life outside the Navy, I really began to tear those down. And whether it be setting a watch with a, uh, someone or sitting in the office doing work, there was always a space to bring that and be a comfort in those places. That's the big part of ever faith is hope. Uh, well, no matter what situation you're in, there's hope that's bigger than the moment. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another sensational sizzling session of Strike Accord Live podcast with my dear brother, Colin Harper, who's right there in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. My name is Marcus Ellis. I'm in Pensacola, Florida. We have two amazing veteran guests, my dear brother, Aaron Bellard. He is in New Orleans. You know the beard. You know Anthony Hart. He's in Chesapeake, Virginia. Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Good morning. I'll turn that down. Yeah, I was going to let everybody else go. How's it going? Oh, it's amazing, Colin. Oh, absolutely awesome. Great to be here with you guys. Thank you guys. Dreary morning, here. but I'm, I'm sitting here with my coffee, so all is well. Yeah, me too. I mean, we've already got folks on here. Let's see what we got going on. Hey. Let's see here. Come on, work with me. There we go. All right. Dwight Burns, good morning, brother. I see you. I love you. All right. So <laughs> today is Veterans Day. Uh, thank you, Colin, for reminding me of that. Uh, Paul Bruno, I love you, man. Hope to see you Saturday night at your amazing restaurant, V Paul's in downtown Pensacola, where we eat every Saturday night. Uh, for some reason, Colin, there you go. You're back. Um, I'm here. Sorry. I had to turn my fan down. That's it was all right. going too high. What's up, Chandler Holden? Good morning. I love you, bro. Good to see you. So, Colin, thanks for reminding me on uh, Wednesday that today is Veterans Day. So it uh, allowed me the opportunity to ask my dear brothers to be here. Um, you know, I was listening. I was in a, a devotional this morning. Uh, good morning, Lindsay Owens. I love you, bro. Good to see you. And it came up that not only is today Veterans Day, but all over the world, it's Remembrance Day. Because today in 1918, Germany and the Allied Forces signed the peace treaty to end World War I. So not only are we remembering and honoring our veterans uh, across the United States, but it's also a Remembrance Day of there's no more war on World War I. There is still plenty of war in, in our, uh, our world today. And, you know, we're always praying for those in, you know, Ukraine, Yemen, and Ethiopia and all those places. Danny Smith-Mathis, who's been a guest on here before, is here. I love you, Danny. Good to see you. Danny, I saw you were at uh, some amazing woman's event or something like that. But uh, good morning. Love you. Guys, she says, thank you for your service. So I'll stop talking now. Good morning, guys. Welcome to the session of Strike Accord Live podcast. Hey, hey, good morning. Good morning. It's, I mean, it's awesome to be here with you guys. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, this, uh, I mean, this is a big day for, for veterans. I mean, this is a big day for anybody that served or had a connection with the military family in it. Because, uh, yeah, it touches every, every aspect of your life, every, uh, every part of who you are. Uh, it's sort of ingrained in you. Uh, so, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, I mean, Aaron, you, we say veteran, but you're still serving. I mean, you've been serving since 95. Yeah, I've been there since 95, uh, be uh, 28 years this coming April for me, wow. uh, still uh, still going. So, And uh, Anthony, you spent 21 years in the Navy beginning in 96, correct? 
Yes, yes, sir. Yep. So it's uh, I'm on the outside of it looking in. And like Aaron said, you know, I grew up, I really didn't have a military family. So Veterans Day was another day to get out of school. And Colin, as we talked about earlier, is right in the middle of deer season. So all the things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you get to the other side of it, there is a lot of more value. I had an amazing opportunity last night to go with my neighbor who just got uh, pinned as a chief in the Coast Guard. So um, yeah, he invited Morgan and I and our other neighbors across the street as family to go and be a part of that. So it was really cool. But there was a, their guest speaker was a retired Sergeant Major. And um, just to hear from another side, you know, I never got to walk on the battlefield, you know, being on a ship in the Navy, you kind of get removed from some of that. You get a little bit of it, but on aircraft carriers, you're so far removed from, you know, the battlefields and some of that things. But to hear the, the, his comments and hear his stories about the young men and women who never came home, uh, you know, it's Memorial Day is that day, but veteran is, is that too, the people who paid the price and did, but there was still a price to be paid. Uh, so, you know, I'll be first to say thank you to all the families. Um, that are a part of that because that's that's what it's all about we celebrate the veterans but our families are the ones that make it possible uh, you leave them behind and and they just hope that you come home but they continue life and make sure everything goes uh, as planned while you're gone so yeah happy veterans day to all the veterans and all the veteran families that's a great point anthony because you know aaron i know that you were in africa for what a year and a half yeah about a year and a half year and a half so talk about that that's got to be just insanely difficult. I mean, I miss my kids when I was at Grow for God that we all were at last weekend for for four days. So uh, a year and a half, that's the ultimate sacrifice, right? The guys that are abroad. You know, I'll tell you, it's it's funny because as long as I've been doing this, it it really wasn't until coming home from that deployment when Angela and I had a conversation and it was uh, the end result of that conversation. When, When somebody said, thank you for your service, thank you for your sacrifice, I, it hit me. It's like, yeah, I guess I am sacrificing a little bit. I guess we are sacrificing. It's because it's what we do. Right. And, yeah. and the what's not normal for others is normal for us, it seems. You know, um, and, and kind of to Anthony's point is we all have different experiences in the military. We all have different, you know, it's not it's not just one uh, one experience that we all have. We have different jobs. We have different uh, we, different branches. Every branch has its own culture, and even within the branch uh, of service, it, you have different experiences. But yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I remember when I had to tell the kids that I was going to be gone, Ooh. and it was gut wrenching. Mm-hmm. And as a family, we had to make a decision, and we still use this phrase all the time. And it was instead of looking at this as in what is this taking away from us? We made a decision to say, okay, what has this come to bring us? And that revolutionized our ability to weather that length, that arduous of a, of a deployment. And um, so, yeah, it, it, a lot of it is, is mindset, how you, how you choose to frame it. Uh, and I'll be straight up. I, I even, I even told the kids, I'm like, my expectation is that you choose to be happy even when I'm gone. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, so that's, that's some of the, some of the experience we had with it. 
Wow. I mean, Colin, that's kind of a Bruce Pulverism. I, I like how you did that, Aaron. How you flipped the script. Were you <laughs> that's what I was just thinking. So yeah. I just talked to Bruce yesterday on my other podcast, had him on, and he was doing the old, well, if you just change this one word, it has a whole different meaning. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and but but he also said exactly what Aaron said. It's a mindset, right? It is a mindset. And we all know that, but we forget it. And so yeah. we can, you know, Aaron was talking about talking to his children about this, about the mindset and, and, and you know what we forget as adults. Sometimes I forget that, you know, not to go into details, but we talked about my professional week this week, my business week this week. Well, you know, that day, the next day, then it's a mindset thing from there. Right. I mean, there's strategies that have to be implemented. There's all this. And with the wrong mindset, things may not just go as smoothly. So, so I really appreciate that. And sorry, I'm still in the, the, the deal there, but that was, I was laughing because I was thinking uh, uh, Bruce Pulver when he said, yeah, that. No, but that, but that's great on the Bruce thing, you know, he, and, and we mentioned guy, uh, Aaron, I don't know if you know, Bruce Pulver, I know Anthony does, but phenomenal TEDx talker, author who uh, is a wordsmith. He's a word guy. And one of my favorite things, and he'll show up here in the comments sooner or later, uh, but Bruce has the thing instead of, uh, why me? Why not me? Right. Yeah. We yeah. love that, you know, and, and, and that actually pertains to a uh, it was a military charity that he did. He was selling T-shirts for that. So it really is mindset. But let's let's talk about that, because it's not just a mindset. Yeah. It's a faith set. So yeah. when, when you're getting into this thing and you're going, oh, my goodness, I've got so much to do. And, and we know that it, it's a, a major sacrifice because you see all those. Uh, uh, what do they call reunions where uh, a dad comes home and he's surprising his kids or whatever, you know, those things that you can't help but cry at. Yeah. That proves right there that it's a, the ultimate sacrifice because it wouldn't be such an emotional event if you didn't have that sacrifice for you and your family. So let's talk about the faith aspect of it because we all were just at, at grow your business for God's sake, grow for God in Nashville. We all had life-changing, monumental, amazing experiences. So let's bring the faith aspect into the military aspect for Veterans Day, if you don't mind. I, I think for me, Aaron, even though I was born and raised in church, faith was not at the forefront of my decision to join the military. And I, <laughs> looking back now, um, I think it was because I was running from church because yeah. I'd saw hurt, you know, being in a, a small town pastor's home and you see the hurt that church can cause both to people and to the pastors. And oh, yeah. unknowingly to me, man, I, I felt like this call to preach was on me and I, I had to run from it. So uh, my buddy talked me in the military because he had just watched Top Gun and I don't know. <laughs> so we did it and I walked away from a full paid scholarship to do it. So when I walked in, I don't think I walked in because of faith. Um, but, you know, later in in the years when I, I was restored in my faith and really got back to my calling because the last I guess eight to nine years of it uh, was when I got licensed and ordained and became a pastor, even while I was serving. So faith become very ingrained in me because it's in those moments that I was at work and deployed that I realized I had a bigger calling than the one I was setting on. Like, even though I was doing my job as a, a nuclear electrician, man, any moment I had that I could sit down with some of those young men and women and just talk with them through their struggles, because Aaron as a chaplain will tell you, uh, very uniquely, but he has the interactions with these people uh, in that space. I was not assigned in that space, but because the calling on my life outside the Navy, I really began to tear those down. And whether it be setting a watch with a, uh, someone or sitting in the office doing work, 
there was always a space to bring that and be a comfort in those places. Cause I think that's the big part of ever faith is hope. Uh, well, no matter what situation you're in, there's hope that's bigger than the moment. So I had to really get centered back around. So I'd say the last part of my Navy career was a lot better than my first part. First part was spent. Uh, we won't go there. Let's just say having a good time. Yeah, it's, it's better on the backside because it really refocused me on what faith looks like in all areas of my life. Yeah. So strong. Go ahead, Aaron, because I, I mean, you're a chaplain. Uh, so I know that your entire military career pretty much has been faith-based, but, but what does that mean to you in your own words? And what's funny real quick, before you answer that, you have <laughs> read both of your chapters in the joyful entrepreneur, by the way, I, I dropped a link for the joyful entrepreneur, uh, this amazing book that we all wrote chapters in. Uh, and so when you're telling both of you are telling your story, I was like, I already read that about you. So uh, <laughs> go ahead, Aaron, just speak from your heart, brother. So, you know, listen, I, I'm going to tell you, one of, the, one of my favorite things in the world has been being a chaplain in, in the Navy, because, you know, the Navy, we cover Navy, Marine Corps, Coast Guard. I've gotten to serve with all three sea services. Wow. Uh, so you want to talk about a diverse ministry context as a Christian chaplain. Uh, it's been pretty phenomenal. Uh, and, you know, and all I ever wanted to do growing up was join the military. So God sort of combined that love and my call into the perfect, perfect thing. Um but you know, here's I, I kind of want to I want to make a point off of something that Anthony said is is yeah he he wasn't a chaplain but yet he had that impact and and I'll be honest sometimes the position is a barrier for people when you you know and, and tying this into what we talked about being a joyful entrepreneur you know being a faith person in a business context a marketplace context is you don't have to be a chaplain to make that impact. I mean, because it's about people. It's about loving people. It's not about positional leadership. It's about that influencing lives for the kingdom. Mm. But one of the things, and even this weekend, I was sharing with with a uh, with a friend. One of my favorite stories is in the Gospels, where it talks about the faith of the centurion. And there's a really, and there's there's two places in the Bible where it uses the word, and it says Jesus was amazed. One was where he was amazed at the unbelief of the people of his own hometown who should have known who he was. These are the people who should have known. And he was amazed at the faith of this Roman centurion, an occupier, who by all religious standards had no business having faith. But yet he's like, I I'm not even worth, you just say the word. I'm a man under orders. I get it. Just speak the word and it's going to be done. And Jesus was amazed at that. Romans faith, that warrior's faith. And, and this was a guy who was, he was a pretty brutal guy. I mean, a satirian, he, he wasn't what we call in the Navy an admin poke. You know, he, he, he was, he, he was like a warrior. He was the elite. Um, but he had faith. Yeah, Navy SEAL. He, yeah, yeah. He was special forces of the day is what he was. And Jesus was amazed by this guy. So I translate that to say, there's something about the heart of a warrior that resonates with the heart of God. You know, he is called the commander of the army of the host of God. You know, so there, there's, there's some, some connections there. But there's something about that, the camaraderie, the intimacy, the foxhole intimacy, if you will. You know, the shipboard intimacy um, that resonates with the heart of God. So, yeah, that's, that's, been, that's been something on my mind you know, really my entire, entire career. Wow, that's so powerful, Colin. 
Yeah, no doubt. And I, I want to hear these two guys talk. You know, I I, I always <laughs> like, ha- well, no, I just, I, I like having guests on because I can just kick back and enjoy my coffee and, you know. Um, right. <laughs> well, all right. Let's, let's get a little bit controversial here. All right. Cause, cause Aaron said something uh-huh. that struck a chord with me. Um, you know, and, and Anthony mentioned it from the stage at Grow for God, you know, people, you know, and here's something that, that I'm guilty of that I shy away in a, in a, uh, a space like this from talking about my faith and in, in, in Christianity and things like that. And Colin's like, I don't recognize that, but, but we do, right. Cause, cause we want, we don't want other people to go away, you know? And I think about that in my 5,000 Facebook friends, how many of those are going to go away because I talk about my faith in God and things like that. But, but there is a word that shouldn't be uh, shouldn't bring a negative connotation, but is these days. And Anthony talked about it, and I've talked about it with him, and it's the word Christian. All yeah. of a sudden, when people hear that word Christian, they're fleeing. They're going somewhere else. So I guess my, my thought is, is that, first of all, how do we change that? How do we bring that word back to something that's not uh, repelling people versus attracting people? But then what do we do? You know, what what do we do with those people? I mean, you, what what struck a chord with me, as you said, Aaron, is because your title's chaplain. People are going to go the other way, but they're drawn to Anthony because they don't know that he, you know, could be a pastor or a minister, or he's just a guy in the foxhole that's ministering to him. So let's bring that into the real real world, not ignoring the, the Veterans Day, but bringing that into the real world. How do we talk to those people that when they hear that word Christian, I'm out? I'm gone because because if that example over there is Christianity, I don't want to have anything to do with it. If that guy right there who I see doing all these horrible things is professing to be a Christian, I don't want to have anything to do with that. What do we do? How do we separate the negative connotation from the positive word of Christianity? You have 15 minutes. I'm just kidding. As you were talking, the uh, 15 seconds. Go, go, Anthony. 15 (laughs) seconds. Rage Against the Machine song, Killing in the Name of, popped in my head. Oh, I love that. Uh, <laughs> that's where my head went. God speaks my language, and some people may not agree with it, but that's all right. Um, hey, real know, quick, uh, Aaron's wife is here. Angela's here, and I just want to say I love you dearly, Angela. All right, you can go. <laughs> Angela, thank you for sharing them with us this morning. Um, no, I, I think it, it's a space, and that's why I ran from church, because I saw the ills of it. Yeah. And yeah. it's... It's been in a space in my life where I've really begun to take notice about the amount of people. And I think it's the calling I have on my life is for people who have been hurt by church and wounded by it. Uh, people trying to do good things, but couldn't see the God things. And we get stuck in our methods and our ways, and we get stuck in how we were saved or what was required and all the things. And we can't even hear people's stories. We're not there to listen anymore. We're just there to tell people what it's supposed to be like. Uh, and I think that's the harshest place away from Jesus, but we can't see it because that's the way we've been taught, it's the way we've been told. But the power of Jesus was invitation. Everything he did was he went to them and held us, come follow me, let me speak to you. It was all invitational. The church is not good at that anymore. We are accusational. I see you, Colin, you got this wrong with you. Right. You need to do this if you want to go to heaven. Like it's all, we just tear you down from the outside in when Jesus wants to change us from the inside out. And I think the most powerful scripture it's been in the space I'm in right now is 1 Peter 3, 15. Because if we know anything about Peter, Peter was not that kind of dude when he was younger. He was cutting people's ears off. Uh, People tried to pair him up with Jesus when Jesus was on trial. He's cussing little girls out. Like, Peter was a rough man. He was 
he was a fisherman. He, they pulled him off the docks. This dude was a sailor. So I know some sailors and there's, they're rough around the edges. I like to use the word salty. Yeah. (laughs) Get things done. Um, So we find this later in his life when he's writing this letter to the church and he's in first Peter three 15, he says, be ready to give a defense for the hope that you have in you. And I think that speaks volumes right there because being ready to give means I'm not going to go shove it down your throat. I have to be postured when I'm asked about it to give you a question. So there's something different about me that makes people want to say, what's different? Because you respond to things differently. You react differently. There's just a different air about you. So be ready. Don't go preaching at people. Just be ready to give the defense. And then defense like we have nowadays is arguing, debating. That's not what it is because in the next part of that, he says, be ready to give a defense for the hope that lies in you, but do it with gentleness and respect. I think it is so valuable to how important we, the thing we have inside us is like, it's a discerning, but seeing the world around you and saying they need what I have. And if there's anything I want to do is I want to position men and women around me to receive it. I want them to know that what I have is not, it's not weaponized like the church has done with Jesus. That's the problem with Christian. The, I think the the most violation of the, the Ten Commandment, thou shalt use the Lord's name in vain, is not everybody running around saying GD. Right. It is Christians that are not Christians saying they're Christian. They are using that name in vain, and it has become a sign to Christian influencers, Christian fitness, Christian business, Christian Christians, if you want to, some of the pastors that are out there doing the things they're doing. And it is, it's threatening the very fabric of the power of that name. So I, I think all of us just need to shed that for a little bit, refocus on what we're doing and, and become more like Jesus. I always say this, I don't, I'm not going to tell you I'm a Christian, but I hope something about my life says it for me. Right. I don't want to have to tell you with my mouth what Come my on. body or my actions are already telling right. you. Um, so I'll leave it to you, Aaron. Now I'll, I'll leave this last little nudge God's given me. I think the church for too many years has been standing up and showing out. And God one day told me, stop standing up and showing out, show up and stand out. That's a true Christian. So good. You know, I, I, I wasn't born a chaplain. Uh, <laughs> sort of surprised some people that I went that route. Um, you know, and, and look, this is Aaron Beller talking. I, I know we make it weird sometimes. All right. I know we make people uncomfortable with the way we conduct ourselves. But here's the deal. And I think Jesus did it better than anybody when he was talking to his own disciples. He's like, hey, who have people said that I am? You know, what's been your experience? You know, that other people have said, you know, they say, oh, some say this, some say that. He's like, yeah, got it. Okay. Who do you say I am? Right. So when I'm when I'm interacting with that person, I'm like, I, I get it, man. I get I get the woundedness. I get the betrayal. I get the weirdness. I get all those things because I've been on the receiving end of that too. Who hasn't? And who do you say Jesus is? Who who do you say? Because, you know, in my belief, I'm going to answer for me and me only. And it's my opinion of what somebody else's uh, portrayal of a Christian is really is irrelevant at the end of the day. Right. It's how do I want to show up? How do I believe I should conduct my life based on my relationship with Jesus Christ, based on my relationship with God? And so 
you know, I, I really, I ask a lot of questions. I, I'm, I am not there to convince anyone. Ooh. I'm not there to convince. And I used to do that. I used to think it was my job. And I took that pressure on that. I've got to give the perfect advice. I've got to have the answers. I've got to be the, no, I don't have to be the smart one in the room. Right. I just have to be the one that asks questions. I have to be the one that says, who, who do you say? What is your relationship with God? What do you want your relationship to God to be? Well, okay, you see this over here, and that doesn't smell right, doesn't look right. So what do you want? What are you chasing after? And honestly, people are just chasing after authenticity. They want the real thing. Uh, so, yeah, I don't dismiss any of their feelings, but I do ask a lot of questions. Man, Kyle, I think some of you said, Aaron, when you talked to the disciples, something that stood out was, he was asking them what other people, you know, what everybody said. And they said, and they said, well, what do you say? They know of me, but you know me. And I think there's something about knowing him, not knowing of him, not knowing what your pastor tells you about him, not knowing what your mom and daddy told you about him, not knowing what the church tells him, like really forging that relationship. Because when you know him, it changes everything. You realize he's not what people have said. Yeah. Well, and it's so powerful because what I hear you guys say and, um, is really professing by example. And, and that's what I've tried to do. I mean, we, I live in the deep South, right? I get a track shoved in my face every day. And every weekend I see the guy with the white sign and the black letters and the megaphone on the corner that isn't doing anybody any good in my opinion. Right. But as we're walking through and I've talked to Anthony about this, you know, if I randomly go up to say to somebody and say, Hey, has anybody told you that they loved you yet today? And I say, I love you. I continuously get this question. Are you a pastor? Are you a pastor? And it's through the, the example, or somebody says, you know, I don't feel like that's you telling me. I feel like God's telling me that. And I was like, that's exactly what it is. I get that a lot. A lot of people say that. So, uh, hey, Tamara's here. I love you, Tamara. We haven't mentioned you yet, which is probably a sin, but uh, Tamara and, and her mom, Mama B did such a phenomenal job at Grow for God this past week. Um, and I, and, and I want to finish my point, but I do want to say this is really cool for me because in June of 1982, I was baptized by Dr. Brian Harbour, Colin's dad. And then in November of 2022, I was baptized by Anthony Hart last week at grow for god so it's very cool that uh that's that is you know that's the mark ellis baptism history and <laughs> you know one of the things that stood out and what both what what both of them said was it's the authenticity thing right i yeah, mean come on. one of it was explicit and one of it was kind of not not quite as explicit but it is about authenticity and it's you know we've had an episode in the past on being your authentic self and i think yeah. we were taking a little bit of a different angle with that than, than what I was feeling here, but it's, it's so true. I think that is the problem is uh, Christians uh, portray sometimes what they think they're supposed to be doing as opposed to, Hey man, if you just let your beard grow out and just talk to people <laughs> and just kind of act the right way, not a hundred percent of the time, by the way, because you're a freaking human being, but just be authentic and, and just be, just be yourself. Right. There's no telling what kind of impact you could have on people, um, especially people who are looking for issues, right? Sometimes people are looking, Ooh. they're looking for a reason to not, uh, to not be good, to not follow, to not make decisions, right? Just be yourself. Yeah, Just be yourself. That's so powerful, Colin, because that, you know, um, I thought I was going to play two songs 
at Grofer. I got two two-minute songs, and I got there, and I think that was the day before I found out. I had 20 minutes. Tamara gave me 20 minutes, so I was like, okay, I have to speak. And so I just spoke from the heart. I still don't know what I say. I felt like I rambled on. I felt like I didn't tie up some of the points. But what was cool is when I got off stage and for the rest of the weekend, people said, use that word, you were so authentic. And I think that's why uh, Tamara did what she did, just so I could be my authentic self, not prepare, not become this thing that, that I'm not. Did you have your backwards hat on? No, no, I had my no. hair. That would have been. He should have, because I had a hat on all weekend. So I, I kind of set the stage for. Right. Oh, you had your performance hair. I did have my performance. Okay, hair. I got it. <laughs> I got it. But built for speed. Right, but the <laughs> point being, it, I really love that, Colin, is being our th authentic self when we're talking to people. Because I know, I mean, I get it. I, 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 people will message me. I mean, man, I. One of our people that we grew up with really beat me up in the mess. It really actually in public, like, I know who you are. You did this to me. It, this person said I threw them in the bayou with their clothes on. It's funny that we talked about that. I did not do that. But, but you embarrassed me when I was in high school, and I never forgot about it. You're a bully. This thing that you're doing now is fake. Right. And we're going to get those haters and those naysayers as we walk into uh, our true authentic self, you know, our, our faithful self. So I, I get it. But as we're out there and we continue to walk this walk, after a while, we'll, con we'll convince people without using our words. Mark, I know you used to be a bully. You punched me in the face once in fourth grade. You've even admitted it on video. I've got recordings of you admitting it. Not only did I punch you in the face in the bathroom, I ran after it because you were big and I was little. You know, it's like probably four or five inches taller than him at the time. And then I didn't want to fight you in the bathroom. You know, I mean, I wanted to play. Punch me in the face. <laughs> punch me in the face and ran off. But it, I really feel like there's some there's still some stuff here. If we could just sit here and talk within this space, yeah. call Colin, how do you talk feel? it out. No, just we could unpack it. Uh, That's we, right. We had Colin and I had so many good times on the baseball field and up in his uh his, man, Colin had the biggest room of any kid I ever know. We used to spin Hall and Oates records and Beatles and Elvis records and all that. We got great memories. Um, but we've got just a little bit uh, of time left and, and I want to respect your time. And Colin, I know you have to take your your kids to school. <laughs> Angela says those little kids are scrappy. Yeah. We made it a long time. We made it a long time. Oh, there we go. He's back. Oh, really? We would pause for a little bit. Sorry. It was right after you talked about my room and spinning records. Then you were about to make a big point, a oh. big point, and you froze. About out. how cool Colin was. Yeah. About how cool I am. Angela Beller yeah. says those little kids are scrappy. And so I, I've always been scrappy. scrappy. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But, but we've got a minute to go, and I want to respect your time. So uh, if there's any closing thoughts before we go for the people, because there's a lot of people out here watching and listening. This has been. Uh, probably one of our busiest sessions we've had. So whoever wants to speak, go right ahead before we close. You know, if, if I can just throw one thing out there is, is I, listen, I know the reason why I can say what I say about authenticity is, man, I've had to do a lot of work on me. I, I, I've had to deal with a lot of um, growing in the area of really knowing who I am. And I think sometimes for us men, we're not the greatest at that because we don't spend a lot of time with our feelings because that's all kind of woo-woo and everything like that. I get it. But when you really dig into that, and this is why I think knowing how you feel, dealing with that is so important because what's the Bible say? It says God is love. And I know love is an action, but it is an emotion. God is emotion. God's all those raw things that are going on on the inside of us. He is all that. And so when we can lean into that and we can let him you know, journey with us through the mess, that's when we really start figuring out 
who we are in him and who we are in who he's created us to be. That, that's been a big part of my journey. So. So good. You know, I, you said we don't get uh, political and all that stuff, but on Veterans Day, I, I just say and be thankful for the freedoms that we do have. I think we're at a time in our country where everybody wants to question anything and everything, but we have the ability to even question that because of prices paid by men and women who have committed to this thing that continue to commit, that go to places that we don't want to. Um, so today, I want you to just stop and think for our Christians in the room, stop and think, and what am I doing with the freedoms I have? Yeah. How am I different from the people that don't have those? And I think that goes back to that being a Christian. I have the freedom to, to worship a God that maybe not everybody around me does, but I have that freedom. I'm not in a country where I don't, that has been stripped for me and I have to just follow the, the corporate line of the, of, the com, of the country. But I think we have those freedoms, but what are we doing with them? That's what I would leave you with today. What are you doing with the freedoms you have? There's so many people, and I think, that are just wasting them, wasting them in their life, their ability to go get a, a job, go be an entrepreneur like Colin, go be a rock star like Marcus, go be a chaplain like Aaron, pastor like me. Like, what are you doing? You have these freedoms. Go walk it out. Today is the day that just marks all this moment to say, wow, there's a lot of people who believed in me enough to go make the sacrifice, to give their life, to give their moments. What am I doing? Wow. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it, you know, we, we, we started talking about some other stuff, but it is Veterans Day and we and, and, and we do want to say thank you. And, um, you know, I think as far as kind of all the the hatred going on in the world right now, everybody just needs to take some political chill pills. Right. And just mm. I mean, particularly when you say that. Yeah. You know, um, I know that there are nothing's perfect. I know we've got a long way to go in society. I get all of that. I, I, I'm not saying that we shouldn't progress and do good things and better things and make things better. But yeah, you know, the, 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 when you said, Hey, just remember, you can actually disagree with the government generally speaking and, and not end up in jail or, you know, pushed off a roof or something here. Right. And, and so yeah. that is, that's a pretty big freaking deal still in 2022. If you read the news from around the world. Right. Go strike up a conversation with somebody you don't agree with. Don't argue. Don't debate with them. Just converse with them. You may find out that their differing opinion comes from a place of hurt, comes from a place of wisdom that you don't have. So have some coffee, sit down and talk. And it's, it's such great takeaways. Uh, I'm going to leave it with, you know, the, the election's pretty much over. There's no sense in fighting anymore. You know, uh, Pay attention to the people around you because there's people suffering and hurting. I learned today that that the word compassion actually means to suffer with somebody, right? Mm. So if you're compassionate and you see somebody suffering, and, and Bruce Pulver's been here for like the last 10 minutes. I, I just wanted to acknowledge. We talked about you earlier, Bruce. Um, uh, here we go. He drops this real quick. He says, what are we doing with our gifts in all capitals? He likes to do acrostics. God installed features to share. Boom. That's so good. Uh, so Bruce is so good, but be compassionate, go out there and talk to somebody, man. Everybody's here. Joseph Stallings just showed up. Everybody's jumping on. We love you guys. Go out and serve somebody. Tell somebody you love them. Hey, Aaron, I love you. Anthony, I love you. Colin, I love you. Hey, would you guys come back? Let's, this was great. Can we do this again? And not just on veterans day. Yeah, Anytime. man.
Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is great. So, uh, man, we've went, gone a little over, Con. I know you got to take Lily to school, but thank you all so much for being here with us and listening and watching Strike Accord Live podcast. We'll be back here on Wednesday. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. I had no idea what we're going to talk about today, but man, this was so good. I love you, Joseph. Thank you for saying that. And that's it. We're out. You have been listening and watching Strike Accord Live podcast with my dear brother, Colin Harbor, right there in Dallas, Fort Texas, with my brother, Aaron Beller in New Orleans. And with the beard himself, he doesn't want me to call him that, but Anthony Hart, he's in Chesapeake, Virginia. We love you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Have a wonderful day. Peace and chicken grease. We're out. If I can find the button to turn it off. There we go. There's the button. See y'all later. Okay.